It is a wonderful day. It is a wonderful day. Isn't this a wonderful day? Yes, amen. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. So, I want to welcome everyone that has come today, and if you're visiting with us, I know that there's some that haven't been here for a long, long time, and in fact, I think it was over 20 years, so uh, we welcome you back there, and uh, anyone that is visiting here today, we welcome you. Welcome. Welcome. Yes, I think that there is, uh, there's many. And we are so glad that you have chosen to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And uh, it's such a beautiful day. Spring is coming, but the most important thing is that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. And uh, I, I enjoy preaching from the King James, so forgive me if I don't have the, the same translation as what you have. And I know that the Bible's in the pews. I think they're the new English version. But uh, it is all God's word. So as we're looking at Matthew 28, I just want to give you a little bit of a background before Matthew 28. And this is uh, on, on Friday. We celebrated Good Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus. And following the crucifixion, Joseph of Arimathea took the body of Jesus and laid it in his own new tomb. They rolled a great stone across the door of the tomb. And that point it tells us that Mary and we're not sure just who the other Mary is but that is how they address her Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were watching as they put Jesus body into the tomb and then the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate and they said while Jesus was alive he had said after three days, I'm going to rise again. We don't want that to happen. So secure the tomb. And, of course, they could not fathom the idea that Jesus would rise from the dead. And so they're thinking, you know, his disciples are going to come and try to steal the body out of the tomb and then tell everybody, you know, Jesus is alive or Jesus rose from the dead. And we don't want to let this happen. So they sent guards or a watch to the tomb. Sealed the, sealed the stone. It wasn't just good enough to have a stone in front of the, the door into the tomb. But they sealed the tomb and set a watch around it. So that's kind of the background previous to the beginning of chapter 28 in Matthew. And I would just like to address three main points 
in this scripture, and we're going to look at that whole chapter, but uh, three main points. The first one being earthquakes. The second one, come and see. And the third one, go and tell. So we're going to look, I'm going to read the first uh, six verses, just halfway through the sixth verse. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Just as if to say, you see that? That's done. That's done. The door is open. Sat on it. Maybe folded his arms. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. So much for the keepers of the guard. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. And I'm just going to stop here because I want to carry on in a few moments. It talks about a great earthquake happening. And this resurrection was a world-changing event. Everything changed in the whole world because Jesus rose from the dead. Even nations that were not anywhere near the Holy Land, things changed there too. We're not sure just how they changed, and the word has not yet got to them about Jesus being alive, but it was a world-changing event. Now, when we think about the resurrection, what does it do for you? Does it really change your life? Does it shake you? Maybe we have become apathetic and we need to realize again that Jesus rose from the dead. This was a significant and unbelievable event. But God wants us to see our need of a Savior, and that he rose to be that Savior. And it says that when, this, when all this occurred, we have these guards became as dead men. They had been posted, believe it or not, to keep a dead man in the grave. That was their posting. You make sure that he stays in there. That should be an easy assignment. But it proved too much for them. They perhaps expected a, a ragtag, feeble, faint bunch of disciples to come creeping up and hopefully take a body out of the grave. But they were no match for what happened. And this angel, he ignored them. 
they were all flattened like dead men. But he spoke to the women. And he said, don't be afraid. Fear not. Now, that was quite an occurrence that these women had, ex had seen. There was an earthquake. You know, they came to see the sepulcher. They came to see where Jesus was laid. And they experienced an earthquake, an angel, an empty tomb, and then the angel speaking to them. Don't be afraid. He is not here. For he is risen as he said. Notice that the angel doesn't just say he is not here. Which would have left the women with more questions. If he's not here, where is he? But the angel tells them he is not here. For he is risen as he said. And I'm just thinking of, I picked out several different parts of scriptures that spoke significantly to me and it says he is risen as he said just as he said and I want to turn over to Matthew chapter 17 and read a couple verses there 17 verse 22 and 23 while they abode in Galilee now this is Jesus talking to his disciples Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry at that point. They didn't want to hear about Jesus dying. But Jesus had plainly told them, I shall rise again. And there's another account over in Luke 24, this is the, the same as what really tells us in Matthew, Luke 24, verses 6 to 8. See what Jesus is saying here, 24. He is not here. This is the, another rendition of the angel's message. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying, now this is what Jesus had told them previously, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. So we have the angel saying to these women, he is risen, just like he said, and I think of a verse in Romans 1.4. And this verse in Romans 1.4 talks about Jesus being declared the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of Holiness or the Holy Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. You see, the resurrection proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is who he said he was. He is who he said he was. Jesus rose from the dead. There's nothing like the power of Jesus' resurrection from the dead that proves to a lost world that he is indeed who he says he is. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is King. 
He is victorious. He is risen. There have been many false prophets throughout history claiming to be God or attempting to lead people astray. But no one else has ever given has ever given their life for a lost world and then miraculously resurrected up from the dead. No one. Jesus Christ is the only one. Let's say that together. Only one. Who it is? Jesus is the only one who holds the power over sin and death. We have reason to rejoice. He is the only one. There's not two or three or many. The only one who holds the power over sin and death and who offers us a fresh beginning and a new life. And so, just like he said, yes? So if Jesus said, I'm going to rise again, I believe that we can trust him, that everything that he has told us, that he will keep his word. He will follow through. And so, here we have my next, uh, my next point the angel continues on and he says, Come see the place where the Lord lay. Come see the place. Come and see. You know, when we want uh, to explain something, uh, we say that a thousand, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And so this angel is wanting these women to see for themselves that there would be no doubt in their mind. You know, if he had just said, you know, you can go on your way now, the Lord is risen, he's alive. But if they didn't see for themselves, you know, it would have probably caused a wondering in their heart afterwards. Well, was he in there or was he not? But the angel said, come and see. The tomb is still empty today. The resurrection is a historical fact. Yes, this is where he was laid, but he's not there now. Everything has changed since the time that Jesus had been brought to the tomb, the tomb sealed and the guards set. It has changed completely because now the tomb is open, the, the grave is empty, and here we have the, the women coming to see he is not here for he is risen and then we continue on and I'm going to read verses 7 to 10 and the angel tells these women go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead go quickly how did they go they went quickly I can imagine their feet hardly touched the ground. They went with a godly fear and great joy. Behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. It's like the angel is saying there. I have delivered the message that I was supposed to deliver. I have told you. 
And it says they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear. And I believe this was not a, a fear as in a um, frightening fear, but a holy fear of reverence for God. Oh, what has happened? God, you've raised Jesus from the dead. And they did run to bring his disciples' word. And lo and behold, what has happened? As they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Greetings, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they, that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. So he, and we know that later on in Galilee that he was seen by 500 at a time. That it was almost like a, a public uh, announcement to all those that had come. See, I'm alive. I'm alive. Now there's also another going and telling that's happening. And I'm going to read verses 11 to 15. Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch, here we've got the guards going, came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. Do you know that these guards were really the living witnesses of the resurrection. You see, when the women came, Jesus was already resurrected. But when the guards were there, they would have seen the stone rolled back. They would have seen, I don't know whether they would have seen Jesus come out, but they would have seen the, the angel. They were really living witnesses to what had happened at the grave, at the sepulcher. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, I would love to have been a fly on the wall. As they came in to tell the priests and the Pharisees what they had seen. Because it says that they, uh, they showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. You would not believe it. Talking to the chief priests and the Pharisees, you wouldn't believe it. What we saw an angel, an earthquake, Jesus coming forth out of the grave. And so, lo and behold, the priests and the Pharisees, they had more to deal with than they even thought possible before. They now had a living Jesus on their hands that was resurrected after they had crucified him. He was now alive. What were they going to do with that? And so it says, when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they had quite a little board meeting going on. They gave large money onto the soldiers. So the, the religious leaders came up with quite a purse of money, gave to the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away 
while we slept. Now, you know, it was not a good thing for guards that were put on duty to fall asleep. And I'm not sure just what would have come down the pike for these guards, but uh, here again, the priests and the Pharisees, they say, if this will get, they gave the guards some money, and if this come to the governor's ears, so it would probably come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. In other words, we are, we are bribing you to tell a lie, and when word gets to the governor that you are saying we were sleeping, and this man, the disciples came and took him, it wouldn't go well for the guards. So uh, the religious people are telling them, we're going to, uh, we'll bribe, or we'll do whatever we need to do to see that you're kept out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were taught. This saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So it was the guards bribed to tell a lie and uh, it says that it was widely spread around that the guards had been sleeping. The disciples stole the body of Jesus. But we find that Jesus meets with the disciples. Verse uh, 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But notice the next, in, in King James, it's got three words there. Anybody have something different? What does it say after they worshipped him? But some doubted. But some doubted. And you know, it is, it is still happening today that although we have the evidence of Jesus being alive, that he has given his life for us, that he has provided the means for us to know Jesus Christ in a personal relationship, that there are some that doubt. Some that doubt. Did this really happen? Is this really possible that I can have my sins forgiven? Is this possible? And you would think that on a day when these disciples knew what had transpired in Jerusalem, the, the death of Jesus on the cross, and here he is standing before them, that it says some doubted. Some doubted. And I realize that, you know, I think of Thomas, who was doubting. He said, if I don't put my hands into this, the nail holes in his hands and the scar in his side, he says, I can't believe. But you see, even if there's an honest doubt, Jesus will meet with that person. 
meet with that individual. Even if there's an honest doubter, Jesus cares about an honest doubter. The faith of those that are sincere may be weak and wavering. But Jesus came and spoke to them, and he did not reject them. It doesn't say that, you know, he didn't receive them. It says, Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Every knee shall bow before him. You know that there's a day coming when every knee will bow before him. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He said, in fact, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he goes on and he gives the great commission. And this is the go for us. We had the go and tell of the women, of the guards. And now we have a go that's addressed to us as believers. Go and teach all nations. Um, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So this is our commission. If we know that Jesus is alive, he says, go into all the world. And, you know, many of us here, we're not going to go to foreign countries. But we have a world that we can impact right here, right among us. We all have our own world that we live in. The people that we come in contact with, friends, loved ones, uh, w people in the workforce, people at school. Uh, we have a world that we function in. And he says, go into your world and Tell them about me. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them that he's alive. And baptizing them. And this was uh, particularly that this is an identification with Jesus when a person is baptized. Uh, you're baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's death to the old way of life, rising to walk in a new way of life. It's like a public commitment. I'm going to follow Jesus. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then we have his promise at the end. I am with you always. Always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. So be it. And so today, the good news is that Jesus is alive. He is not here in the grave. He is risen. And the resurrection is not confined to be just an Easter story. It is a daily truth. Our lifeline, our hope. 
the very truth that Jesus rose from the dead constantly reminds us that no matter what we face today, what we've been through in the past, or what uncertainties lie before us in the future, Christ alone is our steadfast hope. He conquered death, he rose again victorious, and only he holds the power to make all things new. He is risen. You can try to bury the truth, but it's not going to die. You can try to bury love, but it cannot be contained. God is not dead, and we are not alone. Jesus lives today, and he's providing a place for us in heaven. His spirit is freely given to every believer to be our helper in this life. And may he fill us afresh with the power and presence of his spirit as we reflect on the difference he has made on our lives through the power and miracle of his resurrection. I thought that, of course, the worship team had picked you know, songs that were Resurrection Sunday songs. And I thought, you know, about the Holy Spirit, the power that raised Christ from the dead, that we desire to have that power operating in our midst, in our lives, everywhere we go. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. If we know Jesus in our hearts, he is within us. He is within us. And... We can function in, with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It makes all the difference. It's that resurrection power, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit, and we just desire to have that Holy Spirit resurrection power here in our midst as well. Father in heaven, we just thank you today for the power of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that, that uh, you have been raised from the dead to be victorious always and forever. Lord, I pray for each one that is in the sound of my voice as we sit here today in this Resurrection Sunday. I pray that our hearts will be stirred, that there will be... Uh, the flame of the, the Holy Spirit working within our hearts to know and to, to walk in that, that life that you have given us. It's life. It's, it's a, a supernatural life that is within us. It's eternal life that is within us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are victorious and that we can walk in victory. And I pray for each one that is here today that they will know that they can walk in victory, that they do not have to walk under the circumstances, but they can walk over the circumstances, that regardless of what they may be facing or what they have faced in the past, that you are greater than these events. And I pray your, your uh, Holy Spirit will just uh, move in our lives, move in our hearts, refresh us, even as we think anew of what you have done, 
May we be refreshed in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless each one. May they have an awesome day. May they go forth this day and this week and the rest of this year going forward into the future, knowing that you have promised that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you will be with us until the end of the age. We thank you, Lord, that you walk with us, that we are never alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Well, you have a wonderful day. It's been great to have each one here. And uh, Jesus lives. Amen.